Hello and welcome to a new season of my podcast. I'm your host, Adam Carney, and this season I'm naming the podcast The Exchange. Nothing's really different about this season. I have an intro this time. Um, Other than that, I have some new people I want to bring on the podcast. Uh, I have some new things I want to do. You guys may see a second podcast launch. Not exactly sure how that's going to look right now, but I'm talking with some people. Um, And this podcast is going to kick off the new season in kind of a way that I haven't really done before. I've done a solo podcast in the past. However, that was answering your questions. This one is all about a conspiracy. I was told probably five years ago now, four or five years ago, and I saw... Um, kind of a change in the in the landscape with COVID-19 and all that stuff going around right now and how everybody's getting sucked into a bunch of conspiracies. And I thought it would be a good time to share this story of a conspiracy that I kind of proved was sort of true, but also not really true. And by that, I mean the individual parts of the conspiracy are true. The linkages of the conspiracy, how these parts interact with each other to form the conspiracy, they're not really true. So I I get to that. I'm this is gonna be a like a red podcast because I kind of wrote sort of an essay. Um and there will be some um links at the end that you can look at if you want to look at some of the places that I got my information from. So without further ado Let's start the podcast. You're listening to the number one show in your ears right now. This is The Exchange with Adam Carney. Conspiracies are weird. They claim to lay bare the truth that is being masked by some powerful person or collection of people. The obscured facts usually involve some deviant behavior aimed at exploiting vulnerable groups or toppling a rival's empire. Both of these examples are difficult to achieve at scale for the average person and cause some to dig deeper to ferret out the plot. Conspiracies allow the listener to be in the know, on the inside of world-shaking occurrences. Everyone wants to be included since humans are innately and socially conditioned to seek acceptance within a tribe. If one feels disenfranchised or has a penchant for intrigue and investigation, then knowing what the rich, connected, and famous are plotting provides a palpable sense of agency. In my estimation, conspiracies involve a three-step process that leverages commonality of beliefs and a sleight of hand in attempt to enthrall the listener. To forge a good conspiracy theory, you must start with a universally accepted truth. Once the primary fact is agreed upon, additional truths or half-truths are added in an effort to piggyback on the validity of the first. Once the secondary facts are presented, the fully theory portion of the conspiracy is slipped in like poison to the mind of the unsuspecting victim. Conspiracies are stupid and exciting, confusing and empowering. The control they can exert on the imagination is tremendous, 
leading some to take action on what is no more than a well-told story of loosely connected events or altogether fabricated rubbish. Take, for example, the 2017 riot in Charlottesville, where an angry, brainwashed neo-Nazi mob clashed with counter-protesters and left a woman dead after an intentional car ramming by a white nationalist. A similar case was the Pizzagate incident in 2016, where an individual was convinced by several peddlers of propaganda that a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. was running a child trafficking ring out of the basement. The individual drove hours to reach the restaurant and entered the building pointing his AR-15. The danger of these theories is obvious to all, but they're not always sinister and completely false. From time to time, conspiracies are true, or at least in part, provable through news articles and government records. Take, for example, the Jeffrey Epstein case. For years, abused women had spoken out and contacted authorities like the FBI and other law enforcement agencies to no avail. Protected by the rich and well-connected, Epstein continued his rampage of abuse and manipulation mostly unencumbered until finally arrested in 2019. Conveniently, he committed suicide in prison while the guards forgot their regular rotation, fell asleep, and while the monitoring cameras were all off and broken. On top of that, the medical examiner in the case said that the hyoid bone located near the Adam's apple in men, was broken in Epstein's case. This is uncommon in suicide by hanging, at less than a 25% chance, but is a common injury in death by strangulation. The theoretical portion of the story is that Epstein's cellmate was encouraged in some way to strangle Epstein to death. Just look up Epstein's cellmate, Nicholas Tartaglione, if you want to see who could accomplish such a feat. An ex-cop charged with a quadruple homicide connected to cocaine trafficking. Please note that Tartaglione denies all allegations that he participated in Epstein's death. Part fact, part coincidence, part intrigue. Provable conspiracy theories are few and far between for the most part but they pop up every now and then. Most theories fall apart in the sanitizing light of scrutiny. The few theories that make it past this inspection are generally not in their original form. I flat out reject most conspiracies that are shared with me, but one that I initially rejected was proven true in its individual components through some quick Google research in an afternoon. Let me tell you about diamonds, spirits, and the Democratic Party. Several years ago, while attending community college, a friend and I were talking about general events when they became quite guarded. Hey, this friend mumbled, did you know the Democratic Party in this state is funded by foreign diamond money? I was confused, but mildly interested. This individual didn't have much more information than that, only adding that the funds were likely funneled through the Ramtha School of Enlightenment. Now, if you're unaware of Jay-Z Knight and Ramtha's School of Enlightenment, RSE, here are the basics. 
Knight, the human, claims to channel a 35,000-year-old warrior spirit named Ramtha, who claims to have led a large army to conquer the lost civilization of Atlantis. Ramtha, through Knight, teaches how to reach enlightenment through various means and mantras. Many of the teachings of Ramtha are shrouded and secretive. To get access to many of the deeper teachings, one must attend a 101 class. These classes have a rolling window which will keep you active in the RSE program, much like continuing education for professional or state certifications. For example, to attend live events, completion of the 101 course must have occurred more recently than 2014. Knight lives in a 12,000-square-foot mansion just outside of Yelm, Washington. She operates a spiritual center nearby on a sprawling complex that includes large open fields and an obstacle course, all visible from Google Maps. The whole apparatus is something of a local curiosity, since most people living nearby likely cannot afford to take the classes on enlightenment that Knight offers. Anecdotally, I have only met one individual while growing up in Yelm and later Olympia that had a close connection with Knight's compound. This eccentric health professional with a curious wardrobe and practice protocols was less than a convincing advertisement for the School of Enlightenment. Again, this is my personal experience, and I want to make that crystal clear. But I had to throw it in there because, well, this is my podcast. Now that we have some background, we can return to my story. About six months passed after that initial conversation. Final exams came and went. The seasons changed, and I found myself chatting with another friend over several hours. I opened up a tab in my browser and went to Google Maps beginning to search for unique houses and land features around the South Sound area. I scrolled slightly southeast and around the town of Tenino. I found a patch of emerald green grass with odd features surrounding a house that sat tucked in the woods. As I got closer, I noticed that the house was massive, with a large pool off one end and a spiraling mound nearby. Looping concrete, and odd details were the prominent features of the property. I had heard that followers of Jay-Z Knight often built features like swirly mounds and other less-than-ordinary attributes into their homes. Using the county assessor's website, I looked into the property. The owner is listed as Rebecca W. Capezio. The W stands for Waddell, but more on that later. She purchased the property in 2010 from Rutherglen LLC. Prior to that, the property was transferred from Rutherglen Incorporated to Rutherglen LLC in the year 2005, seemingly a transfer of ownership that I would imagine is a property development company selling to a related property management entity, or vice versa. In any case, the only other transaction for the property was when Warehouser Real Estate Development Company sold the property to Rutherglen Incorporated in 2002. All good information thus far. 
Curious about what kind of person owns an $11 million estate just outside of Tenino? I gave a quick Google search to Rebecca's name. One of the first results is for the Phoenix Rising School. This now-defunct website simply states a contact information for an info at email for school records and the like. Rebecca Capezio is listed on the website with no additional info. Confusing to say the least, but that is quickly cleared up by reading a news article on the website yelmonline.com entitled Phoenix, Rising, Phoenix School Rises, led by Capezio, written March 15, 2015. There is a curious link between the Phoenix Rising School and the Ramtha School of Enlightenment, led by Jay-Z Knight. Some of the curriculum uses techniques taught by Knight at her School of Enlightenment. As the article mentions that an agreement between the schools allow the Phoenix Rising School to teach mindfulness components through fieldcraft and blindfolded archery. Now, I don't know about you, but I've taken classes in traditional archery with both eyes open, and it's difficult enough to hit the target, let alone with a blindfold like we're in that movie Bird Box. Again, anecdotal evidence here, but curious nonetheless. The article also mentions that the school follows common core standards, so there's more to the lessons than marching through the woods and launching missiles into the blue. Other results on the Google search led to pieces detailing the house in question. The News Tribune published an article written by Craig Saylor entitled, Yours for 11 Million, A House That Looks Like a UFO, Near Ramtha's School of Enlightenment. The first sentence in the article reads, A diamond heiress is selling the estate she built on a hill in Tenino. Uh, hold up. Diamond heiress? Wow, did this story just get juicy. Interesting note here. The News Tribune article calls the homeowner Rebecca Oppenheimer. Yes, Oppenheimer, like the Oppenheimer family that ran the De Beers diamond mining operation as well as a host of other mining claims throughout Africa. Additional research, however, leads to a more interesting conclusion. Her surname was never Oppenheimer, but rather Waddell, which is what the W, used as her middle name, stands for. While indeed an heir to the Oppenheimer fortune, Rebecca Waddell Capezio was born Rebecca Waddell in South Africa, to parents Gordon Waddell and Mary Oppenheimer. Her father, Gordon Waddell, is a notable individual in his own right. A Scotsman and professional rugby player, Gordon traveled the world competing against teams as far afield as South Africa. During his excursions, he met and married Mary Oppenheimer and called South Africa his home. Incorporated into the family business, Gordon would eventually lead several companies within the Oppenheimer umbrella until stepping down in 1987. His marriage with Mary Oppenheimer would come to a bitter end, but Mary's father, Henry Oppenheimer, kept Gordon close due to his personal and business acumen. 
All of that is a roundabout way of providing some background to our multi-million dollar Tenino Mansion owner. Herself, quite accomplished, graduating from Princeton University and excelling at fine arts and philanthropic management. But why are we diving so deep into a wealthy family with diamond money again? Because we have to figure out if there is a conspiracy to funnel money from diamond-owning millionaires to the Washington State Democratic Party. Let's see the connection between Rebecca Waddell Capezio, Jay-Z Knight, and the Democratic Party. How can we be sure Rebecca Capezio is connected to Jay-Z Knight School? Capezio had an agreement with Knight School to use some of the mindfulness techniques at the Phoenix Rising Private School. Some connection can be established there, but several other sources provide that as well. In another YelmOnline.com article entitled, CSE Auction in Rainier Raises $142,000, we find that Rebecca Capezio bid for and won a private session with the Spirit Ramtha for $37,500 in 2009. A year prior, in 2008, she had bid $172,500 for the same session. All proceeds went to the Children's School of Excellence, a pre-K through 8th grade private school, at their Rainier auction. The article calls Capezio a student of Ramtha, which does not appear to be out of turn. From this we can see Capezio had some interest in Jay-Z Knight's School of Enlightenment. We could assume the heiress's interest in the school was cursory, but it was enough to garner the attention of an open letter on a forum calling out Capezio to distance herself from the School of Enlightenment. On the internet forum EnlightenMeFree.com, a man named David McCarthy typed out an open letter to Rebecca Capezio Oppenheimer. Yes, a different combination of her names than we have heard previously. It calls her to act and remove her name from a list of witnesses in a lawsuit against former members of the Ramtha School of Enlightenment. If David can be believed, it appears that the School of Enlightenment is suing former students for speaking out on what they believe was a sham perpetrated by Jay-Z Knight. He calls Capezio, and I quote, a devoted RSE student and key financial supporter, end quote. We cannot know how much money Rebecca Capezio gave to the Ramtha School of Enlightenment for their services, but we can assume it was quite sizable given her interest in using Ramtha's principles in her school, bidding an outstanding amount of money for donated private sessions, and being referenced as a key financial supporter. The establishment of these facts is in no way meant to cast a negative aspersion on Rebecca Capezio, but rather establishes that she was both interested and financially connected to Jay-Z Knight. What about Jay-Z Knight? How was she tied to Democratic Party contributions? A quick Google search yields many results about contributions and controversy. 
Indeed, in 2012, Knight had made contributions of approximately $60,000 to the party that surfaced when critics of the spiritual guide leaked a tirade that had targeted Mexicans, Jews, and priests in the Catholic Church that Knight describes as pedophiles and homosexuals. The Freedom Foundation, a conservative-leaning think tank located in Washington, has been at the center of those leaks. They called upon the Democratic Party to refuse those contributions made by Knight in 2012. Rather than refuse and refund, the party donated the same amount of money to the Anti-Defamation League and another unnamed organization supporting same-sex marriage. The rejection of funds did not last long. A 2014 donation to the Thurston County Democrats was retained and not refunded, according to an article by radio station KUOW in 2016. In an effort to be fair to all parties involved, it is important to note that the leak by the Freedom Foundation was criticized by the Ramtha School as being out of context. Now, this establishes a line of financial connection between Jay-Z Knight and the Thurston County Democratic Party. That is the final piece in our puzzle. But if we're being honest, this puzzle probably belongs on the island of misfit toys. So, was diamond money used to fund the Democratic Party? In a way, yes. Any money Rebecca Capezio earns from her present or former interest in precious gems is technically diamond money. If she were to take a class from Jay-Z Knight, that would be purchasing services using some of that money. Theoretically. If Knight gives some of her earned cash to the Democratic Party, who endorses candidates or policies in the local community, then some of the funds used may have been generated through the diamond industry, no matter how small. So, can we say that the Democratic Party is funded by diamond money? In theory, yes. But certainly not in a diabolical or malicious way. In order to say this, you must also agree that the Republican Party is funded by corruption money. Because if any ill-gotten gain is transferred from the corrupt individual through another entity in the course of legitimate business and then contributed to the Republican Party as a donation, we must assume it retains its original character. That is, if we want to maintain a trail of logic. In my opinion, this is unfair. To go reaching so far for a conclusion that implicates an adversary in unethical or immoral activities is to attempt to smear someone with a charge that is close to fabricated. Why have I committed the sin of perpetuating a political hack job? To prove a point. Just because a story angle is convenient doesn't mean it's true. Check your intentions. Check the intentions of people who want to tell you about the next hot political gossip. Check the facts to see if the story lines up. 
I've told this story in the hope that it exposes conspiracies as mostly gossip, perpetuated using facts and circumstances that have been twisted into knots to become believable. Nothing in this story is scandalous upon further inspection. No matter what you think about Jay-Z Knight, she earns a comfortable living offering services that people willingly pay money for. And Rebecca Capezio spends her days on boards of nonprofits seeking to help people grow food in Africa, a notable endeavor we can all get behind. Nothing sinister here, unless you want to talk about the eternal implications of taking your spiritual advice from a channeler. What have we learned then? Conspiracies are an effective method of grabbing a listener's attention by wrapping a sinister implication in a strand of truth. Often, the sinister implication is never directly stated by the subject of the conspiracy, but is implied through a divining using concurrent facts in the case. In our example, Miss Capezio Oppenheimer's involvement in the diamond trade was flashy enough to grab a listener's attention. Combine the glitz of diamonds with the involvement of a secretive channeler and a 35,000-year-old spirit, and this is a Hollywood blockbuster in the making. The sinister implication of the whole story is the political influence angle that is woven in with the contributions made by Jay-Z Knight to the local Democratic Party. Every angle has some form of connection, whether that be just a genetic relationship sizable political contributions, or spiritual guidance in exchange for cash. The multitude of moving parts in the story makes the conspiracy one of the hardest knots to unravel, and research is necessary in order to establish the unbiased facts in the case. To establish a basis for this account, I have spent many hours writing, double-checking news articles, looking at property records, delving into the history of Jay-Z Knight School, and editing the account so that it is, a, it is a fair representation of the facts involved and how a conspiracy can get out of hand at times. I hope you found this an enlightening take on the subject that captivates so many people around the world. It was quite an adventure for me to find evidence for a conspiracy that I had dismissed as hearsay at first blush. It has been an exercise in self-reflection and moderation to put this narrative together, and it has been a great refresher in researching and writing with evidence to back up my claims. If you're curious about my sources, they're in the description to this podcast, generally in reference order. Thanks for listening.